Yo, what up, Nashville? Three HL is on the air. Hour number two. Here we go. Britt Doherty, Don Davenport, who just tried to throw a napkin into the garbage can Lock and got party. it about halfway there. That Lock was a very party. Tennessee Vol offensive performance Listen by you. your girl. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> about Vandy, they lost too. That's all I was going to say. I didn't watch that one. About Belmont, they won. They did. They came yes, from. They did. They came from way back too. Out of the business win at St. Louis. St. Louis. Kate Alexander uh, will join the show tomorrow to talk about his team. Billikins. Uh, if you want to watch the show on TV, Zone TV, Twitter, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch. And, <clears throat> and Twitch. Twitch, please. Sorry. I'm a little slow today. Big savagery, Ramon Foster is in the chat. He is in the chat. Clark on, uh, oh, hey, there's Ron Slade. Look at building. him. I'm there he building. is. Hey, hey, I'm in the you building. You know what? I'm in the building. I'm in the building. I'm in the building. As long as I got I'm barbecue sauce, I'm I eat in it. I'm in the building. <laughs> Right, so I eat my little crow. There's, but there's another T-shirt. Picture of a crow on the back. As long as I got barbecue sauce, I'll eat anything. That's right. There you go. By the way, where'd that crow go to die? Oh, don't start. Don't nobody know. Don't start. Still out there looking for the crows in the streets. But it was a crow trying to eat John Dutton. (laughs) He showed his hands. No food. And here come my guy Rip to save the day. Yellowstone, Yellowstone reference. Uh, I'm closer. I know. I'm, I'm starting in January. I've decided. So, okay. just just hold your horse. Today. Why January? Because mm-hmm. December's so big. We're at Army Navy this weekend. I've got a bunch of bowl games. You guys got a bunch of stuff going on. We got holidays. It's just hard. January it is. <laughs> I tell you this. I typically find myself watching a lot more TV during the cold cold weather months. Like December, get me. Well, I mean, I like to live in the Hallmark Channel, like during oh December. So, <laughs> and I, I love romantic comedies. Yeah, those. I are can't go to Hallmark oh, Channel. Awful! They're oh. so bad, What's and I love them. Bad is now Netflix has their version of Hallmark Channel oh, movies, beautiful. and it's so horrible because my wife's watched like ten of them already. Beautiful. Do can't do it. Won't do it. Castle for Christmas. It's horrible. Can't do it, won't do it. Beautiful. Hey, you know what's what is beautiful? Devil Wears Prada. When that's on, I'm watching. That is Brent's all time <laughs> favorite. Hey, that's a good one. When Harry met Sally too. If you want to go back. <sighs> yep. Um, pre pre Meg Ryan facial uh, ex- exploration. That's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> okay. Um, Some doctor had a fun time with her. Yeah, <laughs> and shouldn't be practicing anymore. Apparently. Um, what else is beautiful is this video that is all over my Twitter timeline here and there of Julio Jones at practice. He's back. Catching, running, moving. <laughs> grooving. Moving and grooving. What? Backpedaling? What is this? Oh, was it? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Well, I now, mean, when is that man going to need to backpedal? It, it's kind of like a little. Hey, Jack Rabbit didn't I mean, it's like. A, he needs a backpedal. I, I just. Okay. I just went to John Glennon's video. There was a. I don't. The effort level, I did not think was uh, like top notch. Like, is he really going all out? But um, I don't want him to go all out. There we go. That's a good one, though. I mean, the second that guy goes all out, the second something pops. Yeah, uh, I know, but he's now pop pop. pop. (laughs) Don't even say that. But he's also been off for a month now because you had the bye last week, and then he was three weeks of IR. So. You have to make sure that he's okay to go. You have to like ease you back. You got to ease that hammy back into things, right? Hopefully, he's had he's somebody rubbing right that now. hammy like all the time. 
Yeah. Nonstop. Rub, rub, rub. Is that what gets it right? Rubbing it? No, you know what gets it right? <laughs> Off season. Okay, well, we ain't got time for that. We got five no. games left. Make them bigger. Shake and bake. German McNichols out there running routes? Running the ball? Well, that's fine. Who we, <laughs> we just care about number two. We're, I'm, two. I'm good with that. That's two. great. Yeah. Oh, I like to see God. that. Slate. I'm with Blade. God. Tell me if Julio Jones practice. But that's not a Guys that's not a beautiful moment. Guys and gals. So Ryan hard. Tannehill talked with the media today. He said lots of things. Um, so did Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel talking about Tannehill. Should he be more careful with the lack of receivers that are out there? I mean, we need to take care of the ball. We need to, you know, maybe be productive when we throw it. We take care of the quarterback, run good routes. Um, you know, as, as far as chances. Well, no kidding. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to we're have to throw it on Sunday. And uh, we have to be very um, conscious that the, the decisions that we make with whoever has the football are, are making good ones. And uh, sometimes uh, when we turn it over, it's, it's the person that's holding the ball, and then sometimes you know there's other people that help contribute to that. So hopefully we can all focus on doing our job to take care of the football or the person that has it. I think that that was the critical. That's going to be a huge key, uh, whether we're blocking for somebody or whether we're finishing or somebody's coming in from the backside, and it's um, you know it's a backside block that maybe nine times out of ten wouldn't have much impact on the on the play. Um, all of a sudden has some impact on the play and, and the ball comes out. So trying to show those guys those examples. Um, you know, only one person can carry it uh, or, or throw it at a time. So hopefully the other 10 can can do their part in taking care of the football listen, as well. Listen, I'm going to say it right now. This is the get, get right game, man. This is the one. This if the Tannehill's one. got the yips, he needs to go yip free this week. <laughs> he can get all the yips out on this one. Freaking Jaguars. Hey, put him to sleep early, and then you work on everything else late. That's how I feel about it. Put him to sleep in less than seven seconds. I learned how to do that. Um, Ryan Tannehill said he's excited to have Julio Jones back. See? A lot of people are worried about that video you're talking about, that he, he looked pissed and started limping. But some people are saying, he no, nah, he's like jumping. But everybody's like looking deep, deep, deep into yeah, anything Julio yeah. Jones is on tape doing. Just hurry up and start back. He got me on tape. When he had to worry about this. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, excited to have Julio back. Yeah, excited to get Julio back. See? Um, <laughs> you know, have to have to uh, build on, on things we've done in the past. Like you mentioned, it's been a little while since we've thrown and caught together. So uh, these practice reps will be huge. We, we got some reps on Monday, which was nice. Excited to see him back out there, you know, making plays and uh, and looking good running. So, yeah, like like I mentioned, excited to have him back. Yeah, I, you know what? Me too, Tanny. Me Most too, exciting brother. man in sports. Yeah, like, I could, I could, I could, I could feel it. Like, he was just exuding the excitement. Maybe he's excited about talking about the red zone offense. You got say, that, Hunk? Uh, I mean, it could be, no doubt, you know. But um, I do have have reps a with a bunch of these guys, concern, and yeah. I have a lot of trust because I've seen them do it. You know, maybe I haven't had it lately, or um, they haven't been in the starting lineup for for very long, but. Uh, have built up some of those reps over time and seen them make those plays, uh, not only with myself but with other guys in practice. So that definitely elevates the trust. He's talking about the new wide receivers. I, I don't, get out of here with that. I mean, what are you going to say? But 
Get out of here with that. Really? Yeah, what? I mean, what do we expect him to say? Really? Right. But we and, all know and, and he honestly, doesn't trust the new wide receivers. A lot of these questions and the way that they are asked to coach Vrabel, like, what do you expect him to say? Like I just said, well, yeah, no kidding. I mean, like half of Vrabel's answer, answers, I'm like, well, yeah, no, no Shiano, Sherlock, right? Like, it's uh, it's obvious, but in the way some of the questions are asked, like, what do you expect him to say? How do you expect him to answer? Like, I, what do you want Brian Tannehill to be like? Yeah, I mean, it is a concern. Yeah. We we don't have any rhythm. We don't have any chemistry because Especially we just we've you. had zero reps together. So honestly, yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a concern. And then say this, but we're playing the Jags this weekend, so we're looking forward to getting right and getting the ball into the end zone. <laughs> That's what, what you really want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is kind of a get right game because the Jags are dismal. They're horrible, and and let's be honest, at some point they're going to throw in the towel and quit playing. So Absolutely. maybe it's this weekend. Could be. Wouldn't that be a this hell of a press conference weekend. right there? Yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. Come on, Tanny. Titans really lead bad. the all-time series with the Jags, 32-21. Titans have won four in a row in the series and eight out of nine against the Jags. So all y'all that are waiting for them to stumble over the bad team again because that's what the Titans do, they don't with this team, though. Eight out of nine. Titans have won seven straight against the Jags in Nashville. Looking for eight. Jacksonville's last win over the Titans in Nashville came in November of 2013. They won by two, 29-27. What were you doing in 2013? I was in Italy having a ball. Mamma mia. Playing a ball. Eggplant parmigiano. <laughs> by the way, there's no chance of rain on Sunday. So Where? it's not here oh, in Italy. <laughs> in Milan. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking New York because we, we, that's what we'll be. No, it's 80% chance in New York. I ah, see. Saturday. But it's going to be like 65 degrees. Yeah. Raining it's gonna and It's going to be hot. colder here than it is there. Yeah, yeah. It's really bizarre. If the Titans win, they have a three game lead with four to play. <laughs> what else do we need? Could we see a Julio Jones Golden Tate tandem at wide receiver? I saw them stretching next to each other That'd on the field good. today. There we go. There you go. Got a one and a two. Well, and remember the IR designated for return, that opens up your 21-day window. So it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see him. I, w- you this is him? true. Um, I'm cool. Yes. Okay. I want to see him. Yes. If he's healthy. I don't against a guy. 100% healthy. Yeah. Yes. I don't. Really? No. No. I'd rather he, see the I would wrong. rather see the Ron Slay package against the Jags than Julio Jones back. There you go. Here comes the fade route. You it's just going to be like New England against Buffalo. Here comes the fade route. Stop it. Stop <laughs> Can it. you imagine? What would Slay look like with a tight uniform on right now? Oh, man, cold-blooded. Jeff Simmons. You just better hope it's not a white pants kind of day, Slay. Wow. No, it's Navy on Navy. Oh, oh you're good. I won't Did you hear Hunk? Jeff Simmons, that was a compliment. <laughs> I will Stop. say, any mention of Jeff Jeffrey Simmons is a compliment. Definitely a compliment. I'm taking it. Give me all pro, all pro comparison all day long. We uh, we'll be back. Uh, Todd Furman coming up in just a little bit. Also, uh, who who is the most likely coach to get fired? Who's number two? Who's number three? Who's the most likely AFC College team? College or NFL? NFL. Who's the most likely uh, AFC team to get to buy? And where are the Titans on that list? We got that for you next. Three HL one zero four five. The zone.
Three Hotel 1045 The Zone. Winter. It's December 21st. <laughs> Ready for it? Newsflash. Winter started. You need, uh, we learned yesterday that Ron Slay doesn't have a coat. <laughs> like, you know what? I might not even get one now. You're like, I used to be that kid in class. I didn't have a coat. This is what Nashville does to you, though. You think winter's over, and then one oh, or two big, like, bad weeks come, come back and oh. get you. If you're new to town, um, winter in Nashville is basically, like, 35 and raining. Mm-hmm. That's like the... That's the norm. Yeah. And if we get, like, an inch of snow, look the hell out, because the down. whole city will shut itself down. Sweet. No, let me say this. Now, this is coming from someone who worked in morning news forever, and on those snow days, I would work, like, 12 hours straight. Because it gets ratings. Because, well, yeah, because everybody wants to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, like, people that are from the north are like, God, y'all can't handle snow. No, the problem is we get ice. It's yeah. not snow. If it's it was ice, all yeah. out snow, you could function in it. You it's can't more than that too, function so, in ice. Yeah, it's all the hills and everything too, Let and the narrow roads. Road, back roads. In yeah. Alabama, we don't. We never had like ice trucks. Like we never had salt trucks or anything like that. Does Tennessee have salt trucks? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, There's, I have to ask that because Alabama, we don't. No, but here's the thing, Hunk. If it snows, see the ice bins on the interstate. Yeah. If where it's are snowing. The salt bins? And accumulating, and you try to leave this building and go to Huntsville, it's going to take you eight hours. Yeah, you can't do that. Okay. Nope. So whose house am I staying at? It'll take you two hours to get to Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is, like, we just don't get ahead of it. That's that's the biggest difference. We got all. We got, well, and then the we other thing, like. Too. We just don't get ahead of it. To Don's point, people in the north are like, why are we out of school today? Because Davidson County is a big county, yeah, and it, it goes, goes up a, the hill to Jolton. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's why we always joke about. How, you know, Mount St. Jolton has the slopes open and all this stuff. It's because they get snow when Nashville doesn't. And they get ice. And those back roads, roads those school buses can't go get those kids on those icy, tiny back roads. Mm -hmm. And you can't have school if only half of your kids can actually physically get there. Doesn't make sense. Plus, I've seen plenty of videos where there's all kinds of traffic jams where somebody jacked up an interstate north of here. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. Every winter. Yep. So don't give me that crap. From betonline.ag. That's from Southerners to Northerners. We love you, though. Yeah, what up, though? First coach to be fired in the NFL. (laughs) This will be no surprise at all. There's no value in number one, Matt Nagy. Man, over David Culley. I don't even see David Culley on this. I got five. I got the top five. I like that. Okay. David Culley got rid of Zach Cunningham today. Because he ain't playing. Who was second in the NFL in tackles last year. And it looks like there's something going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're right. But it's like people covering the Texans, like Sean Pendergast uh, wrote, basically we figured out how to get out of Houston. Go against the grain of the organization, and they'll cut you. You can get out of here. I don't care who you are. Hey, unless, man, I ain't taking no more salads at the lunch line. Unless you have stories involving masseuses. <laughs> then we're going to hold on. <laughs> Try to get that deal. You better wait on wait on. Uh This is from Max Berman. Go ahead. David Culley asked why release linebacker Zach Cunningham now instead of waiting until the end of the season. Quote, I've got a locker room full of players that understand what our standard is. They look at me cross-eyed when I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. That's what I'm talking about. So they standing with him. He still has Ooh. more than two years left on his contract. They just signed an extension. For him a year was, ago. Yeah, I, yeah. That's why he will clear waivers, in my opinion. And then uh, 
Somebody will do a new what deal. Was, um, what's his record? Six. Okay, here it is. 16 months ago, a four-year $58 million deal. Oh, wow. 16 months ago. Like, a lot can change. Like baby Babs age. That's, oh, yeah. Wait. You had you had just given birth. Yep. When this guy signed that deal. Oof. That contract is just now walking. How many? Well, boy, so, speaking of baby Babs, boy, she looked at Ron Slay last night and let him have it. Y'all. Over and over. I was very upset about it. Because she loved you. That's my girl. I know. She doesn't love you anymore. That's what not. Yes, it's, it's, your, just, it's your size. Yep. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we were at Bubble and Wild Wings. That's my girl. And Slay yeah. waved at, at Hadley, and she was just sucking on that bottle and smiling and having a great old time. And then, ah, I, I mean, I'm gone. lost she it. Stopped. Then I came back. And then after you left the restaurant, yeah. she kept looking around like you were going to come around really? the corner. <laughs> For like 10 well, because he did minutes. act like he left. I did. And, yeah, then, and, then came and she back. was still watching yeah. the door like, where did he go? And yeah. then he came back in. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, oh, hell no. You know what? The, the wave, <laughs> my wave may be spooky. I think maybe. Your wave like. Uh, I'm trying to do like the hey. Well, because our waiter was like a bigger yeah. guy. And mm-hmm. she had she was like. To, to paint the picture. With him and yeah, chatting with him and had Slay, no issues. Slay waves like he has a puppet on his hand. Yeah. <laughs> like he's trying to talk. <laughs> And maybe you're just that, maybe it's the voice too. Baby mini slice. Oh, did you go into Green Hills for a little voice? Bit. Well, a little oh, bit. Yeah. A little bit. Mm. Hey, but guess what? One thing she can't do is she ain't getting rid of me. So hey, you, no. we just gonna fight this she one gonna, out. Baby she Babs. gonna have to get over it. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Slay ain't going nowhere. Out. You gotta fight this one out, baby. Matt Nagy. <laughs> so Ryan Day to Chicago. Mm. Mike Zimmer, number two on the list. I would say that that's Minnesota. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Joe Judge in New York. That's gonna happen. Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Fourth on the list at six to one. Can I stop you real quick? I don't want Urban Meyer to get fired. Man, <laughs> remember I told y'all in the summer who was going to be the first to go? Joe Judge, when he pulled that trick up there telling them people that you got to take off running. Remember I said that? Yeah, you uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> He's having some discipline. Yeah, you can discipline up out of here, buddy. Yeah. Better go get on the Tom Coughlin train. You ain't him. He can win chips. You can't. <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Who's number five? Yep. Big Fangio. <laughs> Who's going say, man? Exactly. Vic Fangio. Uh-huh. So we'll bring Todd Furman in on this. Barkley. So who he uh, coach for? First coach to be fired, Matt Nagy, Mike Zimmer, Joe Judge, Urban Meyer, Vic Fangio. Todd Furman, uh, who do you think that, that first coach is going to be? I mean, the growing speculation is that the Bears may want to get a head start on their search for a new head coach. That if So if they were to get blown out this weekend by the Green Bay Packers, like the numbers suggest, Maybe for the first time in Bears history, you'll see them fire a coach in the middle of the season. But I think when you talk about that list, it's all about stipulations and timing because I have a feeling that when you get through Week 17, you could have most of those names that you guys just rattled off all fired within minutes of one another based on time zone. Do you think Urban Meyer lasts more than one year? You know, it's an interesting question. I think somewhere along the way the Jaguars are going to need stability. I'm not sure Urban has given them that in his first season at the helm. So it's all about talking to some of the younger players and, you know, honestly trying to align your interests with the likes of Trevor Lawrence, who's supposed to be the face of your franchise going forward. And it's another question if Urban wants to be back and give it a shot. I'm not sure he's going to hang it up, but we'll see if the organization decides to stick with him for another 17 games. Brutal day personally on Saturday. Made it back on Sunday thanks to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I, I'm curious, though, moving forward into bowl season, there are a lot of people listening to us that, that just got accounts, just started betting on sports, obviously, this year. Like me. What, what is your advice in terms of betting on college football bowl games? 
Patience, patience, and more patience. Because if you're trying to bet some of these games this far out or you're thinking that teams are going to look exactly like what you saw during the regular season, you're going to be sorely disappointed. We've already seen a couple of key contributors potentially opt out. The biggest line move to date, Western Michigan and Nevada. Nevada opened a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Not only does their head coach leave for another program in conference, there's growing speculation, and the betting market tells us that Carson Strong probably won't be under center. So it's now a 10-point move with Western as much as a three-point favorite. You've seen a little bit of money come in on the Purdue-Tennessee game uh, early on. The reason I say a little is because er when you're talking about a bowl game that's only been on the board for 24 to 48 hours, it takes a lot less money to get that price going. So when Tennessee opened as a three-point home underdog, they're now a three-and-a-half-point favorite. George Karloftis already declared his intentions to go pro and I don't believe odds makers really built in home field advantage for the Vols. So you're going to see some of these numbers swing a ton, and you may want to wait much closer to game time unless you happen to have perfect information before betting these things. How surprised were you that Alabama was able to handle Georgia the way that they did? Not surprised that they were able to win the game, but surprised that they were able to win the game going away, especially given how it started with Georgia building that 10 nothing lead. I mean, you could have had Alabama in play at plus 10.5 and a price north of 3-1. to They were able to get the ball out of Bryce Young's hands quickly. They took advantage of some of their difference makers in space. And the one question we had about Georgia on the defensive side was, had that secondary been tested often enough? Now, there's a couple of extenuating circumstances. We know that Georgia already was into the college football playoff, even regardless of result. So you do wonder if they had their entire focus on keeping Alabama outside the playoff. What I do think is fascinating, when you look towards the potential look-ahead if these teams are going to meet in a national championship game, oddsmakers have adjusted that price down, hypothetically, to Georgia, a one-point favorite, which I think is a little bit of an overreaction because Alabama would go into the contest without its number two weapon in John Meshi, and it would give Georgia that added motivation, the revenge factor working in their favor. So talking about the college football semifinal, as, as you kind of jumped ahead there, which, uh, you know, I, do you anticipate seeing that matchup? Let, let's start there, the Alabama-Georgia rematch. I mean, I think the numbers obviously suggest that with Georgia a seven-and-a-half-point favorite and Alabama approaching a two-touchdown chalk. But at the same time, uh, we'll see if Cincinnati is able to play Cinderella. I mean, this is an Alabama team who we know typically is buttoned up, prepared, and ready to go. But who could fault them if they let down a little bit given the – dismantling of Georgia, taking on what they'll deem to be an inferior opposition. Cincinnati has some players that will be playing on Sunday, not probably true bona fide first-round picks other than Sauce Gardner, but I think that game could be more competitive than people think, although I am a little bit surprised the number didn't open at 14, given the fact that you're going to see largely one-way traffic on the favorite. As far as the other national semifinal with Georgia and Michigan, I don't, was hoping that oddsmakers adjusted the number down a little bit further and it would be a good buy-low spot for Georgia. This is more or less where I would have opened this price, anywhere from 7.5 to 9.5, before we saw Georgia get boat raced by Alabama and Michigan absolutely pummel Iowa. So I don't think there's a whole lot of value in that particular game. One thing I can tell you is that public sentiment is probably going to be in the maize and blues corner. You know, it's interesting when you talk about uh, Cincinnati. Um, Todd Furman, our guy in Vegas, uh, bet the board podcast. You need to get that. Um, sign up, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Um, very, very good. Um, talking about uh, Cincinnati, did if, if Las Vegas was putting together the Final Four, would it be the same? 
The only team that would be in there would be Ohio State. But for the first time in a long time, the College Football Playoff Committee did a great job of taking the best teams and the most deserving. Ohio State had every opportunity to include themselves in the mix if you don't lose to Michigan or you don't lose to Oregon earlier in the year. Uh, But those would have been the top five teams. Ohio State would have slotted right at number three if you went purely off our power ratings. So Cincinnati, I think it's fascinating. I bet a lot of people don't know. Going into the last game, uh, you and Payne Insider were talking about this on on the Bed the Board podcast. Their secondary, their cornerbacks had only given up two touchdowns. They had picked off seven passes. And Sauce Gardner, you mentioned a minute ago, has not had not going into last weekend. I, I don't know. I didn't watch that game that closely. Had not given up a touchdown pass in his entire career. Yeah, I mean, this Cincinnati secondary is the real deal. The, real, the biggest question for the Bearcats is can they hold up in the trenches uh, against Alabama's offensive and defensive front? But you're going to have multiple weeks to prepare. I mean, Luke Fickle, no stranger to trying to craft good game plans. He's been around the block and playing in games of this magnitude. And I think when you're Cincinnati, you go into this spot with absolutely nothing to lose. People already have written you off thinking that you're relatively fortunate to be there. But we can't ignore they went on the road and were able to take care of Notre Dame and hostile mm-hmm. territory. And while Alabama, no doubt, will be the best team that they've faced this season, I mean, Cincinnati at least was exposed to SEC speed in a different circumstance last year against Georgia in the bowl game. Now, Georgia probably wasn't razor-focused like Alabama could be here. But at the same time, they're not going to be intimidated playing on this stage the Cotton Bowl. All right, Titans-Jags, it opened at 10.5, down to 8.5, I saw yesterday. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about that game? Yeah, a little bit of money on Jacksonville, and rightfully so, when you wonder how the Titans are going to go out there and move the ball consistently. Still extremely banged up as far as game-breakers and skill position talent on offense are concerned. So that's part of it. We haven't seen teams coming off of their bye weeks go out there and boat race some opponents. You have a little bit of revenge for Jacksonville, who was embarrassed in their own building. And the one thing for this Jags team is they're – surprisingly decent against the run, although you wouldn't have realized that last week with how they were unable to slow down Sony Michel. Uh, but if the Titans want to try and commit to the ground game, I think they're going to need to try and find some balance. So I think the Titans win, uh, but can understand why Jacksonville took some money early on, but won't be a game that I'm running to tangle with myself. <laughs> Seems uh, like you always say that about Titans games. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at a point <laughs> in the season, man, when we know we, the, the teams that are out there playing, we know exactly what we're going to get. But why don't we know that uh, looking at a team like the Cardinals and them facing the Rams? Yeah, and I think that's a fair point, Slay. When you're looking at Arizona, I mean, this is a team who's gone through long stretches this season without their starting quarterback in Kyler Murray. They've played a handful of games with the, without DeAndre Hopkins as well. Uh, and as we look at the stakes getting you know, cranked up a little bit for Cliff Kingsbury, will his team be able to meet some of the expectations uh, that their 10-2 record has put on their shoulders. I mean, this is an elimination race uh, game for the Rams as far as the NFC West is concerned. So if the Rams are able to pull off an upset, they can at least put some pressure on Arizona. Revenge for a game earlier this year where Arizona went into SoFi and absolutely embarrassed the Rams. But at the same time, I'm not sure the Rams have exactly been the model of consistency. A lot of concerns about how this team has performed defensively, but we'll see if the balanced attack open things up and play action. Uh, and Odell Beckham can continue learning more of the playbook to give the Rams that dynamic passing attack that they need aside from Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. Looking across the AFC, um, one that Titans fans are will keep an eye on to Baltimore and Cleveland. Interesting situational and scheduling spot for the Browns. They, of course, played the Ravens on Sunday Night Football the last time we saw them, a bye week, and they'll get a chance to go right back at Baltimore. Uh, I'll be at a different-looking Baltimore team, knowing that they're down their top cover corners. Marlon Humphrey was lost for the season. 
When you look at Cleveland, this is the first time that they'll be favored against the Ravens, I believe, since 2015, so uncharted territory there. Uh, this is a Baltimore side, though, that doesn't scare you with anything they're doing offensively right now, whether the book's out on Lamar Jackson or his confidence is waning. Uh, you have to be concerned that they haven't been able to break out of the teens in each of the last couple of weeks. When I look at Cleveland, uh, that's now or never for, for the Browns. I think they'll be a little bit better on the defensive side with an extra week of rest for Baker Mayfield. I expect him to be more dynamic throwing the football and a strong lean towards Cleveland at a price anything better than three here. Any other NFL game uh, catch your eye? I think we should keep tabs on the injury situation brewing in Cincinnati. Not only is Joe Burrow dealing with a dislocated pinky on his throwing hand that he said has impacted his velocity, uh, the Bengals also have lost Logan Wilson, one of their defensive leaders, and the quarterback at linebacker for an extended period of time. We're not sure how healthy the secondary will be there either, but it does look like they'll get some reinforcements on the offensive line. So if Elijah Mitchell is upgraded for the 49ers, they're definitely warranted as a road favorite given how much better this team has been away from home than they have been in their own building last week against Seattle, of course, notwithstanding. Todd Furman, Bed the Board Podcast. Uh, when are you guys dropping the NFL pod? We will be out hopefully uh, by around noon central time tomorrow with the NFL. We'll preview the primetime games. We'll get into some of the bigger matchups out there, including Bills, Bucks, Cowboys, Washington football team, and Chiefs Raiders. So plenty of great games this weekend uh, that I know folks will be glued to their edge of their seat to watch. Uh, spoiler alert, though, we will not be doing a deep dive on Titans-Jags, unfortunately. Uh, so, uh, all right. Not? Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. Good stuff, man. Why not, Todd? You, you got it, guys. Have a great week. At Todd Berman on Twitter if you want to uh, catch up with him there. The Bed the Board podcast is phenomenal and at the end of it uh they offer a uh, way for you to really make some money i'll be in vegas on the 30th i gotta hit todd up oh, we go- oh yeah i'm gonna send some send some money with you babs and yeah. let me something down on that uh-huh. send some money with you like you can't you know, do it on your phone you know right you now. can legally do that in this state nah, now, it ain't, right? the ain't the same <laughs> ain't the same ain't the same that's hilarious like vegas all right uh when we come back we'll visit with scott ramsey transperfect music city bowl tennessee and purdue how did that happen Uh, We'll talk with Scott next on 104.5 The Zone. There you go, Slay Hall and Oates. Down low. I don't know how that happened earlier in the show, but Slay had Hall and Oates uh, playing down low for Tennessee. I I don't know. Uh, Speaking of Tennessee, they'll be in the trans-perfect Music City Bowl coming up on December 30th at 3 o'clock. You can hear the game right here on 104.5 The Zone. The executive director of said bowl game, Scott Ramsey, joins us now. Scott, what's up? Hey, Brent. How are you? We are great, my friend, and I'm guessing you are too. Uh, with, with Tennessee uh, now one of the participants, uh, how, how did you arrive at, at the University of Tennessee playing in the Transperfect Music City Bowl? Well, first of all, it's just great to be busy after last year. No, uh, you know, the cancellation and, and, uh, and really – all that uh, happened kind of in our city that week uh, with the bombing and the cancellation of events and the bowl game. And so it's just great to kind of be back at it, Brent, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I think the SEC process, and this is uh, the eighth year, I guess, since we've had uh, really what we call the pool of six, uh, six cities that, uh, that all kind of work through the conference and with the schools to try to make the matchups, uh, try to keep destinations fresh for fan bases, for players, for universities. Um, I, th- I think it's worked really well. And, and this year, you know, I, I think there were a couple of key things that uh, there, were, there was a lot of discussion about. I think there's still a lot of apprehension on long-distance traveling of, of big groups of fans. And, and I think everybody coming out of COVID last year, uh, a lot of us didn't have games. So 
was there an ability to kind of regionalize some of the matchups without kind of going against what we had originally set up, which was not repeating and somewhat uh, representative of uh, uh, the records on the field. And, and I think we accomplished that as a, as a group. And I, I commend Mark Womack and Greg Sankey kind of uh, really trying to think along those lines so fans have a lot of accessibility. And for us, that was Tennessee, uh, South Carolina and Charlotte, Mississippi State and Memphis, LSU and Houston, uh, Auburn and Birmingham. So I, I think uh, for the most part, it's going to really enable fans to kind of follow their teams this year and, and hopefully kind of get back into the swing of, of, of bowl games the way we're, we were used to seeing them. It looks like two of the most attended uh, Music City Bowls ha- have involved Tennessee. Um, so it makes sense from that perspective for sure. And You kind of alluded to that being a regional uh, draw. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I think we've been very intentional too, uh, Brent, as you know, over the years of uh, of not trying to to feel like it's a, a local game every year. Right. Um, and this is only the third time in 24 years uh, of having Tennessee, and we had them obviously in 2010 against North Carolina, double overtime, and had them in 2016 against a great game against Nebraska, and and certainly, uh, you know, with the alumni base here in Middle Tennessee. And uh, the proximity of, of Knoxville and, and uh, really the whole state to the uh, to Nashville, it's, it makes sense. And uh, we're excited about that, obviously. I mean, you know, the main mission of hosting all these events we host, including the bowl, is trying to fill up our, our stadium and fill up our city and create a great environment for the players on game day. And, you know, a, a full stadium does that better than a, a partially full one. So uh, we're excited about that, excited for the game. I think we're going to have a great game on the field and, and uh, back to creating a great atmosphere three or four days leading into it. Scott, let me ask you something from a player's perspective. Um, each each year you go into the bowl game, and um, it's it's a phenomenal phenomenal experience. I, I've talked to a couple of people that have been in it. But how do you go about picking the prizes that you give away and these goodie bags for? The <laughs> oh, swag bag, yeah, the swag talk. bag. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to figure out, Scott. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I anticipated that was going to be the first question, swag bag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it's a good question because from from our standpoint, and I, I actually think I talked about this with Dawn one time, long time ago, is that it was getting really difficult in the first fifteen to twenty years, probably running the game of we we were trying to figure out what was the right gift for two hundred and fifty twenty year old football players to get. Well, to do that, and it was really starting to trend toward technology, you had to kind of order that stuff in the summer. Well, heck, by the time we ordered and got here, it was already on generation four of whatever we ordered. <laughs> right. So right. It, it was obsolete. And, and so we started pulling the players and pulling them before and after, and we went to the gift suite. And uh, the gift suite then – you know, they can get whatever they want. Some kids wanted to shop for parents for Christmas. Some kids wanted technology. Some wanted stuff for their um, apartment or dorm room. So they were able to get what they wanted. And really the feedback back, Ron, has been really positive on that. Rather than us try to anticipate something in April, it's going to be a great gift for everybody across the board in in December. And um, we continue to pull them. And if that'll start changing, we'll go a different direction. Uh, we wanted we want to do what they like, and so far the, the the feedback on that's been very positive. Man, that that is a great idea, and I, I just like to say I'm I'm not gonna mention um, some of the places I went, but man, we always talked about years later. 
some of the swag bags that we were giving them. Boy, I'm telling you right now, you don't want to be on that bad list, man. I'm telling you because we talk bad about it. Well, we can always load one. you. We can always load you up with t-shirts and hats, but yeah. I think those kind of wear out over time. Yeah, don't do that. I'm just, let's just put that one out the window. <laughs> well, it's all about the experience too, Without because question. and and I've been lucky enough to see what you guys do kind of behind the scenes for these teams, these coaches, and you make sure that it's a complete, full Nashville experience, and they still have some time on their own to kind of explore the city too and i think that that's a big hit as well because we all know how cool our city is well uh you, you kind of said it don to echo it we we've been pretty intentional about making sure that the schedule for three or four days includes a lot of free time certainly the coaches have their own schedule with practice and meetings and so forth for the players but you know i, I think a couple things that we we want them to kind of be if they've never been to nashville I hope a lot of the Tennessee people have, um, maybe some of the Purdue folks, but, you know, Gaylord Opryland is a destination in itself, especially around Christmas. Um, and, uh, you know, the players can enjoy it out there. Uh, certainly uh, the events we do, we always have a Music City kind of twist to it. Uh, the welcome party, we have some uh, um, Grammy-winning songwriters that take some of the players back and they write a short song. We have fun with that. Uh, Jeff Jarrett still has a sets up a wrestling ring for the players and we bring in the wounded warriors, which is our kind of honored guest for the week. And they get to go with the players and watch some wrestling and they have fun with that. Uh, so we really try to try to do some things that are, that are low key, that are fun, that are Nashville centric. And at the same time, give them some time to uh, just enjoy three or four days in our city. Hey, Scott, man. You do a like, great job. Yeah, man. Slay. Slay's like, I want in. Yeah, man. You need anybody come document and sell this thing for you, man. Hey. Slay needs, to be, Slay needs to be the minister of the uh, food eating contest. Oh, without question. Yeah. yeah. Well, that I'll would be the hot chicken eating contest. Yes. I am. I usually am see that. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll have yeah. to get Slay in I, on I that. think Ron's going to reapply for some eligibility. I am, man. Uh-huh. Hey, we got to be sure to make a bowl game. That's for sure. I love it. Well, at the, the December 30th date is perfect, too, because that revolves right around what we're doing as a city, uh, you know, revolving around New Year's Eve and all yeah. that stuff, too. You know, Brent, it's kind of funny. I feel like I'm being repetitive, but, you know, over the years we've talked a lot about that I think one of the things our city does really well is is be very collaborative in, in our thinking and very strategic. And, you know, one of the things when we started the bowl 25 years ago was to, to really take the week between Christmas and New Year's, use a brand-new city asset in, a, in the Nissan Stadium now, and, and how do we bring some people to the city and with the ESPN showcase our city for three or four hours. So, you know, over the 24 years, that's been uh, been our mission. We've added the New Year's Eve event, which is uh, you're going to be on CBS uh, for three or four hours, which turns out historic numbers this year. So we built that week out. And this year, we've got uh, U.S. Figure Skating Olympic Trials and National Championships, mm-hmm. which are going to crown the U.S. team for, you know, Beijing Olympics uh, the week after. So we've kind of taken some, some down weeks 20 years ago in the winter and, and used sports to kind of infuse some great business for our city and great exposure. There he is, Scott Ramsey, President of National Sports Council, Executive Director of the Transperfect Music City Bowl. We will uh, be in attendance, I'm sure, and we appreciate you, Scott. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you later. And uh, uh, if the swag bag changes, Ron, I'll, I'll call you to see if you're okay with it. <laughs> be sure. I got you. <laughs> you got an outlet. <laughs> 
Thanks, Thanks for guys. having me, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, there you go. And tickets on sale, obviously, on, on the website. You can get them through the University of Tennessee as but well if you're a Tennessee Purdue fan. brings people, by the way. They do. They, they, ha- they brought a ton when uh, Auburn whooped them 63-14 to 14 I was in their last when, Music City Bowl. Just when, saying. We just scored 50 in the first half. Way yep. to go. Yep, I worked repeat, that game. Repeat offense. Right it here. just so happened that Indianapolis was playing that exact same weekend, so they just all came down for the whole weekend. Repeat mm-hmm. offense. All right, uh, 5 o'clock hour coming up. We are wide open. No guests, just you. We'll be right back. 3HL, 104.5 The Zone.